Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. On today's podcast, we are discussing considerations for making employees' jobs easier through applying the concept of ergonomics to tools and daily tasks. I'm Heidi Carroll, SDSU Extension Livestock Stewardship Field Specialist. I'm joined by Fred Hall, ISU Extension Dairy Specialist in Northwest Iowa, and Jim Selfer, Minnesota Extension Dairy Educator. With us today, we have Kendra Graham, University of Missouri Extension Livestock Field Specialist in St. Francis County. Hello, Kendra. Hello. We're happy to have you on for today's conversation about tips and recommendations that can be applied to dairy farms to help improve the work environment for our employees, specifically with consideration for employees of smaller or shorter body size. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself and why this topic is so important? So I did grow up on a small dairy farm. We, we milked about 100 cows. We were a grade A dairy. So this kind of hits home. It was always a man's world. My family is uh, um, a little bit on the larger side. They're not uh, short and um, small stature like myself. So um, sometimes it was a little bit of a challenge to uh, manage some of the, the tools and, and things that we used every day uh, just because that's what we had. That's what grandpa tools grandpa had and um, tools my dad had. And you don't go and buy new tools when you have a good working tool sitting there. So um, right now we've transitioned to a beef cow calf operation on the farm. And so we use management intensive grazing and produce hay and straw. So that's me personally. Um, I've worked with MU Extension as a livestock specialist for 21 years in the southeast part of Missouri. I have small hands. I really think that it's a big challenge for those of us that do, and it doesn't have to be women. It could be children. It could be, you know, small men that find it challenging to use some of the larger tools that were created for big burly men. And I also work with a lot of women farmers. And so this, this has been uh, very near and dear to my heart. And along that same line, Kendra, I've got a question for you, is that we've got a lot of repetitive motion. You know, people are milking these parlors several hours per day. So we've got, and we've got, we've got a lot of tie-style barns here in the upper Midwest, maybe not so many down there, where it's a lot of standing up and getting down and standing up and getting down. And, you know, at least here, I don't know if I could find a dairy farmer that's over 60 or 70 that hasn't had knees replaced or had shoulder surgery. What are some tips you could give them if they're listening or tips for their employees to prevent some of that repetitive motion injury type of activities that we often see in farms? And so I've uh, visited a chiropractor several times and had conversations with her and she works um, not only with humans, but with animals too. And so she understands the farming world. And when I've posed a question similar to this to her, she says, try to reduce the length of the repetitive motions. And so maybe I know employees are so so easy to find in the dairy world. And that was sarcastic. Um, but maybe allow them to take a break um, and switch out jobs um, if if possible to help, you know, reduce the um, the continued repetitiveness of that. The other thing the chiropractor said that she sees the most injuries from is um, overhead work. And so if it's possible to raise that level that they're working at to where 
they're at maybe at, at chest level instead of sometimes your, your shorter people have a, a hard time reaching those udders um, on those taller cows or, or back further if it's a larger udder. You know, maybe trying to raise that pit a little bit to where um, they're working at chest level and, and it's not as strenuous on them. So those are just a, a few things. I know um, nobody's going to go and spend the money to necessarily redesign a barn, but maybe a few little things, um, a little bit of a stool or something like that to raise the level, and then a couple breaks just to kind of summarize. That's great to kind of start off the tips and tricks, but ergonomics may actually be a new term for a lot of our folks. What is ergonomics and how does it apply to working with cattle? So I looked up um, in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition, which I I thought was kind of the best definition for that. And it's a science that deals with designing and arranging things so that people can use them easily and safely. And so that could range anywhere from tools um, to equipment, just to either not necessarily redesign them, but make some modifications to make them easier. So I think the biggest thing that we need to understand is the awareness that sometimes those tools are not best suited for the job we're using them for or we're using them incorrectly. You know, you can hold on to and grab a tool differently and and use that leverage um, a little bit differently. There's modifications. You can add two tools like a a handle or whatnot that makes it um, a little easier to use or uh, easier to grip. Ergonomics is just understanding that tools are, are made for leverage or a certain job, and we can make them a little bit easier to use, um, especially for those people with smaller hands and not as much upper body strength. So how would you do that, Kendra? Would you have a training for employees and or for smaller people, or would you, uh, let's use your example of a hammer or something. Would you have uh, just purchase a smaller hammer for somebody that's a little smaller What are some specific examples that you can think of that would help somebody out, whether it's, as you mentioned, a a smaller male or a female or even somebody somebody that's different than kind of your standard? Because I have a lot of discussions about parlor design, how deep to make the pits. And it really varies a lot. And you're exactly right. If you're from a really tall family, you tend to make that pit a little bit deeper so the udders are higher. But if you're hiring any high schoolers or people that are, or females that tend to be a little bit shorter, it may not be so easy for them. And so what would be some of your tips for how to deal with that? So for on the tool side of it, and what I have personally done, I kind of have spoke at a couple of other conferences, is if you're going to use a a hammer, go and test them out. Go to the store and feel them. Feel what is right for you. It may not be the smallest one. Um, it may just be a little bit lighter one or you know, the wooden handle may not be the best option. It may need to have some sort of grips on it. And so usually smaller, lighter tools are better for smaller hands. And for me, I don't have the upper body strength that my husband does or my kids do. And so I need something that has a little bit more leverage but able for me to grip and um, actually swing it. Those larger hammers, for example, I have to choke up on it a little further towards the middle of the tool to, to swing it because I don't have the strength to hold on to get the full leverage holding it down towards the end. So uh, I go for a smaller hammer, a little bit lighter weight hammer. Um, same thing with pliers. There's different, uh, we use a lot of uh, electric fence on our farm. And so 
the linesman lineman's pliers um, we use quite a bit and I there's several different sizes and I go for the smaller ones um, I may not be able to cut as well but um, I sure can um, handle this tool a little bit better and so I, I sacrifice a little bit so going and feeling those tools or actually taking some measurements um, to to see then and and realize that not everybody's built the same and, and see what modifications you can do, like for parlor setup, um, maybe go middle of the road or provide some stools or, or a little bit of a ramp or something um, for those smaller people. And it doesn't have to be much, but maybe uh, just being aware of that. Education is huge and it's always cheaper to buy the old or the, uh, the what's been around when you're modifying stuff. Um, it's a little bit more expensive. It always, you know, somebody has to reap the benefits of that design. And so cheaper is not always better. So maybe uh, realizing that you're going to have to spend a little extra money on um, some of those more ergonomic tools. You know, Jim had mentioned that, you know, he rarely runs into an older farmer who hasn't had some issues. But how big an issue is this as you look nationally you know are there any facts and figures on this i don't have any facts and figures in front of me right now i do know that the average age of our farmers is well into the 60s and it's only getting higher um, we're not replacing with younger farmers and two things are happening farmers are, farms are getting bigger and the generation of farmers is getting older i think the key point in in our older generation is they don't ask for help they don't catch these things early. So if they're hurt, the cows still have to be milked and they go out and, and milk them without resting if they have an injury or whatnot. And so I think the big problem is, you know, our older farmers are, are continuing to hurt and continuing to have problems without getting help. And I don't know the answer to um, attract young people to farming to take over for our older generation. Um, it, you know, it's a, a huge worry. So I think we need to preserve what we have um, and, and do some education and, and maybe helping people out, um, realizing that they need to get help and, and uh, they can make a few modifications. It, it may take some time. That's the problem. A lot of, especially in the dairy world, you don't have extra time to, to spend on making a modification. You've, you fix what you can uh, to get up and running again. So Sometimes you're just going to have to to bite the bullet and and get help or make those modifications um, to keep going. I think that's a good point, Kendra. I think historically in agriculture, we've been almost like some of these athletes. They're proud of playing through pain, you know, and look where it got the football players with all their hit injuries. And I think in agriculture, I think that is the old mindset that I think we maybe need to change. If you have an employee that's really complaining about sore knees or sore shoulders, I think instead of maybe give them a break or encourage them to go to a chiropractor, somebody that they can get help from. Because I think I think we really do need to change that mindset. And as you mentioned, Kendra, I think it really is. Cows need to be milked. When you've got the holding area full of cows, you got to have somebody to milk those cows. And so ag maybe is a little bit different or farming is maybe a little bit different than some of our other jobs where you know, if we call in a sick day, if I call in a sick day, unfortunately, some days nobody would miss me. Some days they might. But if you've got cows standing there and need to be milked, they got to get milked. So I'm not sure what the answer is, but I think part of this is a mindset. And 
at least I see it here in Minnesota. I think farms are becoming more conscious of these issues as they've got more employees. And I, I hear a lot of young farmers that will say, I looked at my dad and my, my granddad, and I am not going to live my life like they do because I, they can't walk. They've had knees replaced. And so I'm going to do things differently. So, and I am not sure that's a bad thing, quite frankly. You know, Kendra, we've talked about uh, the parlor and tools, but what about the machinery we use? Uh, feed trucks, loaded tractors, are there things we can do to help prevent injuries? I know as growing up, we had a feedlot and dad was always the one on the feeder truck and he, his hips hurt him and so he went ahead and put a, a swivel seat on that truck so he could sit down and turn into the steering wheel are there things like that that producers can do there are so um the swivel seat is great you know and one of the things that um, i guess i didn't realize was a huge problem um for a lot of the older generation is simply making that first step up into the tractor. And uh, so maybe we, it, we can have a step, uh, that first step being a lot lower. Probably it needs to be something that swings out of the way. There, those steps are that high for, for clearance for a certain reason. Um, I remember grandpa ripping steps off of a tractor before. Um, and so something uh, that, that first step on that tractor can be um, something that swings out of the way and maybe bolts up after they've come up and you'll probably have to pull that up in some way shape or form so they don't have to reach down to do that the seats that have the cushions um, the air ride kind of type underneath to help minimize some of the jarring the vibration i've heard um, i don't know if you guys have heard carrie portell talk um, she is a, a woman farmer in missouri she's worked with our agribility program here and she was involved in a car wreck, and so she fatigues very easily when she's trying to put up hay and uh, um, driving that raking tractor. And so she uses gloves to help minimize vibration, and it reduces the amount of fatigue that she has. She can go a lot longer. Something that I never would have thought of unless I had heard that, that gloves can help that. And I realize, you know, in the summertime when you are, say, putting up hay, it's, it's very hot, and you don't want to wear gloves. But um, if it does help minimize some of that injury and soreness that you're going to feel later, then maybe it's something worth a try. Those little things with a quick attach, if you're switching equipment, uh, helping to minimize the amount of times you have to get on and off the tractor to attach those implements, um, looking for those uh, to add to the tractors. And then if you're not feeding, you know, large amounts, if uh, just avoid using buckets to feed. Um, I know sometimes some of those uh, producers, if they don't have very many replacement heifers, they're, they're feeding, maybe they're, they're feeding out of buckets and trying to minimize that. Probably more pertinent to the beef cattle industry than dairy. UTVs are a great tool. I don't know why they were not invented and, and utilized sooner. We used pickup trucks before that. But so if you're taking buckets of milk to calves, bottles, and even straw bales or hay bales for bedding, um, utilize equipment don't try to carry that minimize the amount of of lifting that you're doing uh, just realizing that uh, there are little thing tricks that you can use to uh, um, not necessarily have to carry four or five buckets 
at a time of, of milk to those calves or bottles, just minimizing that lifting and stretching and, and turning and, and injury that you're going to have. I 100% agree with with what Jim had said earlier about just the mentality of the, the farmers coming in. But you kind of touched on another area where we see a lot of family help and a lot of kids helping out. And that's bottle feeding calves or, or helping with some of those young stock chores. Expand a little bit on some of those tips and tools that would really help improve the safety for those smaller stature folks or those kids. So bottle feeding, they make these wonderful bottles with handles. Um, so if you have, um, you know, young kids, I know my mom bottle fed our calves when we had the dairy and it was always a challenge to, to hold those bottles. There's usually several and uh, those calves, they have, they make bottle holders, but those calves invariably nudge those and uh, push those out of the bottle holders. So a lot of times you'll have to hold a bottle on uh, by hand and, and having handles um, on those bottles really help your stamina. You just can't fit your hand around those bottles. So maybe switching to those helps um, a little bit. As far as um, kids around those calves, getting in with them, those calves, they hurt <laughs> when they step on your foot, even though they're not very big. Um, and then they're usually pretty eager and can knock um, you down, um, adults as well as kids. And so trying to minimize the contact with getting in with those calves, if possible, just educating the kids on animal handling. Temple Grandin does a, a great job looking at animal handling and animal behavior. Um, and we try to do that here in Missouri with our Show Me Quality Assurance for the 4-H and FFA kids, just kind of looking at some animal handling, making them aware, you know, how these animals react to different situations. Um, and you can't always uh, prepare them for everything. You never know what an animal is going to do, but making them aware the signs that, uh, you know, an animal may uh, decide to react, run away or, or run at them or kick or how those um, hooves um, hurt so much. Uh, so education on that part, I think is huge is preventing some in injury, especially for the, our young people. I think you're right, Kendra. I think gates are our friends. Right. I think sometimes when we're with animals, we think we can push them around or you're better off working with their natural behavior and putting gates in strategic places and getting them to kind of go where you want them to go versus things. I mean, I get it. We got big, strong guys that uh, like to push around animals, but I think you're better off coercing them to move. And I think long term, it's probably better for the safety of the people. And it's probably less stress on the animals, too. So, I, you know, we can think of gates and other you know, even sticks, you know, or things like that, that will, that will help us move animals around to keep us safe. And also, uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll tend to enjoy the activity more than otherwise. Absolutely. I agree. Escape gates, having those little man gates, yeah. um, anywhere that you can, the, in the, you know, moving those, uh, animals up in the holding pen, have an automatic gate behind them to slowly push them up. Um, rather than get in with those animals, I think is huge. Um, we we graduated to that before we um, uh, sold the dairy, and uh, it was it was amazing to be able to push a button and the and the cows moved up towards you instead of getting back and and uh, trying to push them up by uh, by human. Okay, as we're winding up today's session, 
what are your take-home points for producers about improving the work environment through ergonomic considerations? What do they need to give me the top one or two things producers need to keep in mind? I think education is huge. So not only educating the farmers, those farmers need to educate their um, workers and, and family members just on how to lift you know, how to handle a tool uh, a certain way that, that it, it's used properly to where it's not going to cause injury to them. Lubricating all of those equipments, the gates, the, the uh, you know, the head shoots and so forth, I think are, are, are two huge things. And, and then the last thing, you know, they may think of if these are um, workers or, or family members, Christmas just happened, but buy them a good pair of boots and proper clothing or gloves or whatnot that that will help they make great christmas gifts and um you know make that make sure that they're not uh not wearing clothing that can cause um you know shorts or are not necessarily the best thing it may be okay in a parlor but once you get out of that parlor uh not the best thing to wear but make sure that those boots are comfortable and and i think that kind of stuff can go a long way um, and then go and handle those tools and and make sure that there you have a variety of tools that are going to be able to accommodate everybody on the farm having three hammers is okay um, you're going to lose one eventually but um, having two of them big and one of them small may may be of help that repetitive motion um, using a tool that's not as heavy uh, can really really make a difference well thanks for those closing comments and reminders for us. And thanks so much for joining us on this episode of I-29 Muyu Dairy. Be sure to check the episode notes for a link to a webinar where Kendra shared, expanded on this topic about some tips and tools, as well as look for the information from our sponsors. Thank you so much, Heidi, Jim, and Fred for having me. Thanks, Kendra. I-29 Muyu is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.